Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my friend Zach. Hey, everybody. So today we are going to be discussing the many Guilds of Ravnica spoilers we've gotten over the past week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to start with the legendary creatures and then get into the cards that we think might have a chance in the main deck of Commander decks. Uh, I think there's a, some interesting commanders, and I think there's... Um, a fair number of cards that could make an impact on the format. Yeah, no, I actually definitely... Like, they kind of tend to do this with Ravnica sets. I think one of the reasons people like Ravnica, even if they don't realize it, is that they tend to crank the power Yeah. when Ravnica comes out. Because they can with a multicolor set. Yeah, yeah. so people end up liking it, I think, not just because it's like a cool setting, but also because like this is very good. These yeah. cards are good. Yeah, it's likely to impact the format. And... Uh, uh, one thing I want to touch on briefly before we jump into the cards is something about the the structure of these two sets on Ravnica, Guilds of Ravnica and yeah. um, Ravnica Allegiant. So if you're paying attention to the story or to the, the articles discussing the story, you'll know that uh, five guilds are going to be aligned with Nicol Bolas and five guilds are going to be you know against him. And one of the ways they've distinguished between those that are going to be with him versus those against him is that in the guilds that are going for Nicol Bolas, the guild leaders will be planeswalkers rather than legendary creatures. So that means that if your guild is controlled by Nicol Bolas, then you're going to get one fewer yeah. <laughs> option for commanders, yep. which is kind of unfortunate. Um yeah, especially because, I don't know, we'll have to see how powerful they print the next three Planeswalkers, but I don't know, we'll talk about that. Well, that's briefly. the thing, is like, Planeswalkers, 90% of them aren't relevant in Commander, yep. whereas 100% of Legendary Creatures are relevant, are relevant <laughs> in Commander. And then the, a little bit of speculation, so, so we know that Ral and Vraska are like Bolas's pawns in uh, Guilds of Ravnica, and then you can kind of piece together the clues to yeah. figure out what the Bolas aligned guilds in Ravnica Legion are. So we have seen Kaya on yeah. some art, and it would make a lot of sense that Kaya would kill the um, Orzov, the Ghost Council, the Ghost Council, and then take that. control of Orzov. Um, and then in the art of one of the the cards we're going to talk about today, it's clear that Vraska has assassinated Esperia, <laughs> the leader of Azorius. So if you assume that they're trying to color balance the pro-Bolas guilds versus the anti-Bolas guilds, you can figure out that, okay, if Golgari, Izzet, Orzov, and Azorius are all pro-Bolas, then the only remaining option is um, the Gruul. Yeah. So uh, not clear yet which legendary creature is going to fill that spot i think it's there's a decent chance it's going to be domri raid yeah because oh, he, which, which planeswalker yeah which planeswalker but yeah sorry fans of the orzov azorius <laughs> and gruel you're gonna get screwed in the next set but yeah oh yeah i think we can go ahead and get started with the legendary creatures yeah which one did you want to start with uh do you want to go least interesting to most <laughs> yeah, let's start sure. let's start with aurelia exemplar of justice uh so this has a lot of text to say very little two red white for a legendary angel she has flying and mentor and at the beginning of combat on your turn choose up to one target creature you control until end of turn that creature gets plus two plus oh gains trample if it's red and gains vigilance if it's white and her base stats are 2-5. Yeah, so Mentor, just as a refresher, is whenever this creature attacks, you put a plus one, plus one counter on uh, a target attacking creature with less power. So, like, if you attack with a bunch of creatures and one of them has Mentor, you put the counter on a creature with less power than the Mentor creature. Mm -hmm. um, so basically what this shakes down to is you have a 4-5 Vigilance Trample Flying that puts a counter on a bro. And 
that certainly is a creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, her stats are strong for, like, Standard or maybe Voltron. But, yeah, yeah. But Red-White wasn't really hurting for Voltron options. And what it was hurting for is uh, commanders that don't involve the attack step. Yeah, or commanders that uh, do things differently than just attack. Yeah. Than, like, I'm good at attack. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. I, I got I got actually pretty upset when I saw this. Like, there's some other creatures in here that are not as good that didn't upset me as much as like Aurelia did because like Boros just really this could have been super cool and instead it was yeah after a beat stick after doing the EDH rec deep dive yeah the EDH rec deep dive um I feel a lot more angry about the injustices because <laughs> before it's like. You know, there was always that shadow of doubt of maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something I'm not aware of. (laughs) Like, after looking at the data and the format and knowing, oh, Boros really is completely unsupported by wizards. Yeah. uh, Yeah, no, it pisses me off. Yeah, so this one makes me more upset than some of the other commanders that we're going to talk about. Um, One in particular that we'll get to that I'm not happy about, but um, I don't know. There's really not much to say. Like, this deck put in some things that care about counters yeah you can ping him one more time with your Triskelion mm. congrats yeah <laughs> there, I mean, uh, yeah yeah it's not definitely not very exciting um I think that just given the stats you're probably best off just doing Voltron yeah I know people are gonna want to play like the outlast creatures and people are gonna want to play like there's certain like lines of attack that people are going to want to build with this and you know maybe there is something that we're missing that is a cool interaction i'm i don't think so mm-hmm. but like this is you probably are just best doing voltron yeah that like and then putting a counter on your song that you use to get your second mountain or something like that like like there's yeah it's sad Take although right. it is cute that aurelia um works with the other aurelia because she triggers each combat oh yeah that's yeah. cool uh, okay, moving on. Uh, let's let's talk about Azoni Thousand Eyed. Yeah. So Azoni Thousand Eyed is two black black green green for a two three elf shaman, and it has undergrowth. When Azoni Thousand Eyed enters the battlefield, create a one one black and green insect for each creature card in your graveyard. She also has black green sacrifice another creature. You gain one life and draw a card. What do you what do you think about Azoni? I, I like Azoni well enough. Like, it's not crazy powerful. You, I mean, she definitely gives you a line of play. You, like, mill yourself, then you overrun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's kind of it. I mean, like, the green, black, as kind of we saw before, has, like, a big, wide swath of options to choose from. And mm-hmm. so this kind of plays into things green, black was already doing, which is kind of what we should expect, actually, looking at these, like, Ravnica sets. Because Mark Rosewater has said, like, oh, this is Ravnica, like, everyone would expect it to be. So, it like, this kind of makes sense that this would be the champion, like, for the Golgari this time around. Like, just rewards you for milling yourself. And also, like, a sack outlet. I think Azoni is, uh, like, fine as yeah. a commander, but a lot more interesting as one of the 99 in other self-mill decks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like... This is a really exciting card for, say, uh, Sidisi, mm-hmm. Brood Tyrant. Because, you know, your commander does a great job of milling yourself, and then Azoni can just be one of the many rewards for having a, a stacked graveyard. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Lazav the Multifarious. So Lazav is blue-black for a 1-3 shapeshifter. When Lazav enters the battlefield, surveil 1, and you can pay X to make Lazav a copy of target creature card in your graveyard with converted mana cost X. Except its name is Lazav the Multifarious, it's legendary in addition to its other types, and it has this ability. I've tinkered around with Lazav a little bit. Um, I don't know if I've got the the best list, but it there are there is a lot of fun tech. So for example, if you you can get around creatures with big drawbacks when they enter the battlefield. So if you can get like a Phyrexian Dreadnought into your graveyard, 
or say a um a hunted horror or something like that like an eater of days yeah <laughs> like you can just kind of go voltron with well i'll cast lazav on two i'll careful study get this dreadnought in my graveyard and i'll swing for 12 <laughs> yeah or it's, or entomb sure it's pretty cool the other one that was pretty cool was the what was it the destroy a creature make a sheep that was a cool one what's that guy called not a venomancer uh, uh there is a venomancer is that a venomancer yeah yeah because you don't have to sack lands when it enters because and then it bounces him too so you get to surveil again because mm-hmm. he's only two that was some cool tech oh that's a good one uh and yeah it is a venomancer nice yeah, so that that's one. There's also, um, you can also try to Voltron a little bit by, so I think... Oh, yeah. So I like creatures that have evasion and then some other ability on top of it. So, for example, for example, Looter Ilkor seems kind of sweet in this deck because on its surface, it's just useful for getting good targets into your graveyard. But it can also be like a way to enable um, evasion for Lazav, and yeah. then so you can get in with Lazav with Shadow, and then switch over to something like Virtus the Veiled yeah. or Ebonblade Reaper, some like really devastating combat. Yeah. Trigger. Also, the other really really sick tech is Vector Asp. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like pay one to turn Lazav into Vector Asp and give Lazav Infect until end of turn, mm-hmm. and then. You turn him into Dreadnought, Dreadnought, and <laughs> kill someone. That's a that's a, also another really good thing. I like that. It's good. Yeah, it's pretty. Fun. Anytime you can abuse infect, you know it's a good <laughs> deck. See, it seems like there's even more kind of below the surface. Yeah, also. it definitely seems like uh, it's not. You're not going to get everything with one gatherer search. Like you got to be thinking pretty hard to to make him work. So, would you like to talk about Niv-Mizzet, Harun? Oh, yeah. So, Niv-Mizzet, um, he is a 5-5 five, five, uh, flying dragon wizard for blue, 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 red, red, red. So, six mana total. He has this spell, Can't Be Countered. And then he has, whenever you draw a card, Niv-Mizzet, Harun deals one damage to any target. And then whenever a player, uh, yeah, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you draw a card. I had to make sure that that was as good as it was in my brain. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that if you're thinking, man, that sounds an awful lot like the old, like, Niv-Mizzet 1.0, but better, y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They just realized, like, oh, well, whatever, and just gave us this. Yeah, the the only downside to running Niv-Mizzet Parun is that you really can't run colorless lands in yeah. your deck or colorless mana rocks. Yeah, because it's so intensive on the the colors. Yeah. Um, but in general, you're going to probably... If you can just reliably cast him, you're going to have a pretty easy time of yeah, getting, it to work, getting made, the game closed. Yeah, I made a, a quick list that I'm sure is not optimized, but... Um, just a lot of rituals and cantrips yeah. like seeing this it made me wish that there were more rituals because even just like uh even just things like pyretic ritual mm-hmm. getting to a critical mass of that like where every ritual replaces itself with a card like that mm-hmm. is really enough to that's kind of enough to just cast your whole deck yeah but there's not quite enough of those so it is a little bit slower um than it could have been yeah. with a little bit more support. But it's, uh, but really, given that the name of the game is just digging deep enough to get to your curiosity or Tandem Lookout or Ophidian Eye, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's not that hard to just, if Nidmizit resolves, just... You just win, yeah. Or, or, or rather, if you like make it around, yeah. if you untap with him. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, pretty good, like we said, better, probably better than the other one. So that's not a, not necessarily a bad thing. I know people were upset because he's basically the same, but he's like the same plus. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, the other one is like, you don't 
cast him until you get the combo piece, really. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one is like you cast him and then you get the combo piece. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, seems more fun to me, too, honestly. Yeah. Um, but the next person, do we want to talk about the new, new one? Yes. Yeah, all right. So everybody, buckle up for this one. This is Tristani Discordant. Um, they are a 1-4 Dryad for 3 green-white, so CMC 5. They have other creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. They also have, when Tristani Discordant enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. And then also, at the beginning of your end step, and I know we're getting ready for this, each player gains control of all creatures they own. <laughs> hey, all right. So the sick tech for this deck is Dubious Challenge. Dubious Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's favorite. And honestly, like, you better be running Dubious Challenge in this deck. Like, mm-hmm. where the hell else are you going to be putting that? Uh, Dubious Challenge aside, <laughs> yeah. why? Like, both of these abilities are things we complain about on this podcast all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... ETB triggers on commanders are very boring and don't leave you with a lot of room to build yeah. around them. And uh, s- like single power anthems are also really underwhelming and don't make yeah. a- enough of an impact. Because you think about, yeah, like an anthem is great in 1v1 in like 20 life commander, but things need to, like the your damage output needs to scale up to this format. Yeah. And plus one plus one does not scale up to 40 life format with multiple opponents. Yeah, it just isn't enough. And, like, I know I've seen, like, counter arguments. Like, yes, this thing, this card is probably actually very good in standard. Because you pay five, and you get five power and eight toughness, and four of it is lifelink. Like, I understand, like, those numbers are very good, especially for standard. Mm-hmm. Which is what this is balanced for. But this, and, that, and that's cool. Like, cool, standard got some stuff, but it, it's pretty sad that this works so I, I feel like they could have twisted the knobs in a way that this helped standard but also worked for commander too well here's one knob they could have twisted just not make it a legendary creature yeah <laughs> like angel of invention was yeah two years ago and that's and that's fine like i'm mm-hmm. happy that angel of invention exists and i'm also happy that angel of invention did not take up a legendary creature slot like yeah. there there are other creature slots in Celestia, I'm sure, that could have taken up this design, and they could have worked to give us something a little bit more interesting for the commander. Yeah. But, well, that's fine. But yeah, I think we're moving on to non-commander cards that were spoiled. Yes. Uh, so we'll start with Venery, or start with Bounty Agent, actually. Ooh. So this is a, a very exciting card. It is one and a white for a 2-2 human soldier with vigilance, and it has tap, sacrifice, bounty agent, destroy target, legendary permanent, that's an artifact, creature, or enchantment. So, I am stoked about this card. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I also really like this card, um, probably for a very similar reason that you like this card. Um being that it's a relevant ability on a two-mana white body. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the t- small, like, little bears in white that do good things we kind of have been needing a critical mass of. and uh, It's definitely, like, there. there's there's probably, like, ten different, li- like, characteristics that I'm just yeah. always on the lookout yeah. for. Because <laughs> it's, like, I'm, I'm aware we're, like... Like they, I've got like a progress bar yeah. <laughs> on each of these different uh, like types of cards. Yeah. So this is uh, this is great. This like hits a few things. One, it's a bear that does something that's cool. So like easily recurrable, like good body for the stats, and then also it sacks itself, mm-hmm. which is also good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that means it's recurrable, which means you can like get it onto the battlefield easier. With like said pieces of tech like things we've mentioned before yeah like uh sun titan for sure teshar but also things that like aren't quite there yet Mm -hmm. like return to the ranks yeah um and i always want to use order of white clay but like they're just not quite good enough yeah i think if the rewards were good enough it would be good enough but like i said like there's not a critical mass of these good small bodies yeah in terms of like 
two drop white creatures that um, are really worth playing. It's kind of like Stoneforge, this guy, mm-hmm. uh, Weathered Wayfarer falls under that. Uh, yeah. So there are things out there, but it's you need like 10 or so before it really starts being worth your while to invest in those kind of cards. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just not going to see him in a game of Commander. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I want to say about this guy is that, yes, you're probably not going to hit a whole lot of legendary artifacts. You're probably not going to hit a whole lot of legendary enchantments. But uh, hitting legendary creatures is a big deal, precisely because there are basically no white creatures that really simply and easily kill your opponent's creatures. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like you've got uh, Intrepid Hero. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Um, in terms of like playable white creature control on creatures, so the fact that you can just harangue your opponent's commanders. Oh, stalking Leonin. That's the the other one yeah. that you could play. <laughs> yeah. So, really, this this is not an area that white has had a lot of strong contenders, strong cards uh, associated with in the past. So it's exciting to see expand in that new space, and I hope we see more like it even if white doesn't like white's probably never going to get like a ravenous chupacabra yeah but to even just to get the subset of hitting legendary creatures on a in a relatively easy way yeah is exciting yeah no it's that's pretty cool um so the next card is healer's hawk (laughs) (laughs) uh next (laughs) next card i just want to touch on briefly is venerated loxodon it's four and a white for a four-four elephant cleric with convoke, and it has when it when Lux venerated Luxon enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature that convoked it. And I don't think this is good or especially playable. <laughs> I really just wanted to bring it up to say what a missed opportunity it was. Oh, I think that one day this might be good enough. Like we said before in the EDH track episode, like if they print like a Selesnia commander that actually cares about plus one plus one counters. Um, then this might be good enough at some point in time, but that's not, it's not a good card right now. Well, what I really wanted to see was like put a plus one plus one counter on each tapped creature you control. Oh yeah, that would have been better. Cause that would have hit both the creatures that convoked it and any creatures that it, you had just attacked with, which yeah. is probably what you would prefer to do with your creatures in like a yeah. plus one plus one counter aggro build. Yep. That's true. All right. Uh, that's all I want to say about that one. Yep. You ready to move on to Dream Eater? Heck yeah. So Dream Eater is four blue-blue for a 4-3 Nightmare Sphinx. It has flash, flying, and when Dream Eater enters the battlefield, surveil four. When you do, you may return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this card? Um, this is like... I just want to open this every limited game ever mm-hmm. and just play it. Um, and that's I think that's kind of skewing my judgment of it, because I do like it. I don't actually think it's good in Commander. Like, the more you think about it, like, it's just an ETB creature. It just bounces a thing. The one thing that might be really good... I mean, it has Flash, so that's really good. And the Surveil 4 is a decent chunk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty good. So I was trying to think of the commanders that want those things like who who wants a bounce and a surveil and like a flash big thing and like i don't know like this would be good and like uh my friend has a rexial deck where it's just like mill and then you reanimate things mm-hmm. and so this would be good and like that kind of you reanimate this and bounce something and mill yourself and reanimate like i, I, I don't really know I don't know if you have any ideas of who wants this. Uh, I think Unesh, and then probably no one else. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, next card I want to talk about is Guild Summit. (laughs) So this is two and a blue for an enchantment. When Guild Summit enters the battlefield, you may tap any number of untapped gates you control. Draw a card for each gate tapped this way. Also, whenever a gate enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So this is a pretty strong reward for committing to gates. Yeah, and they, uh, I think they're going to print some more strong ones this time around too. Yeah, I, I'm. So I have seen five color lists where dragons 
that are like kind of like lands end. deck with that use mazes end as yeah. the uh, the win condition. So I'm wondering if this might have a home there. Although, of course, if you're in five color, then there may just be better options for drawing cards. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like it makes the Child of Alara games go faster. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that, like, if you Child of Alara with gates, Wincon, yeah, like that's a pretty good. We also finally got a gate that's not. Uh, we have the 11th gate mm-hmm. or whatever so like if someone exiles one of your gates you're not completely screwed <laughs> so yeah this card's cool also uh, works very well with a card they just printed in M19 which is uh, Scape Shift mm-hmm. so yeah. you Scape Shift and draw a bunch of cards it's pretty good yeah that's sweet uh, next card we want to touch on is Mission Briefing which is blue blue for an instant surveil two then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on mission briefing? Yeah, poor man Snapcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, this is cool. I actually do really like this card. I think it's worse than Snapcaster for multiple reasons. Um, one, it costs two blue, which is like restrictive, and two, uh, it's not a dude. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, a two one, which is kind of one of the best parts about snapcaster is that it is so easily recurrable you can like so easily get it back from the graveyard or bounce it or kind of just do shenanigans and at the worst case scenario like so win con mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still just attack them for two with it where this just kind of is value um yeah. more than likely it's value one time so i was thinking the the one place where this shines over snapcaster is Talrand Sky Summoner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one place it's better is when you specifically care about spells. So, like, um, Me- uh, Melek mm-hmm. or Talrand, yeah. I think Talrand, if you're doing, like... Yeah, I think Talrand could probably play this. Mm-hmm. Surveilling is not bad. You definitely want to get, like, lands out of the way, and then you're going to have a lot of cheap counter spells and cantrips that are great to... To mm-hmm. flashback with this thing. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, oh man, speaking mm-hmm. of Talrand. Yeah, speaking of Talrand, we have Talrand's little bro. Uh, we've got Murmuring Mystic, which is three and a blue for a 1 5 human wizard that has whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 1 1 blue bird illusion creature token with flying. So there's a lot of knobs on this card. Uh, I think that. I think that maybe Kangi Airy Keeper would be interested in this. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of like instants and sorceries that create birds, um, or that interact with birds, like Airborne Aid. Mm-hmm. So it might make sense as an additional bird producer in that deck. Yeah, I, I think it's also just good in spells list. Like if you're playing any deck that is running like a Young Pyromancer, where you're just trying to like get a critical mass of bodies from your spells for whatever reason or metallurgic summoning mm-hmm. this might just be another like piece of that puzzle like another redundant piece which is fine also flying is nothing to scoff <laughs> yeah like that's pretty good so that's something I, I i like this guy a lot i like the five toughness too even though he costs like well, it's only four i guess but the five toughness is nice so mm-hmm. he doesn't just get accidentally wiped by like a some like Something. by the green black split card from that we're gonna oh, talk, yeah, about that talk about later. Oh yeah, talk about The next card. Oh yeah, Omni spell adept. Uh, so this is four and a blue for a three four human wizard, and she has two and a blue tap. You may cast an instant or sorcery card from your hand without paying its mana cost. Um, I've heard a lot of people who are excited about this card, yeah. but I don't share their excitement the timmy and me really likes this card like i understand that this is bad uh and or let me rephrase that i understand that this isn't going to happen very often mm-hmm. when it happens it's going to be very good when you go like omni spell adept no one killed it apex of power mm-hmm. like that's like that's a good turn right there but the fact that this is eight mana and a turn cycle before you can get any value out of it that's not good so I understand why people are excited. I don't think I would particularly try to push this card into any decks. 
Yeah, I mean, there are uh, one or two lists in Commander that specialize in extremely expensive instants and sorceries. Um, Jaleva. Joyra mm-hmm. 1.02. Yeah, being the ones that come to mind. Yeah. But to invest five mana to get on the ground, <laughs> wait around a turn, and, and, like, and of course if you're playing Jaleva, everyone knows that you're going to do something heinous, like expropriate yeah, or something. Yeah. So there's no way they're going to like let this live if they can possibly do something about it. So I just think it's going, as you said, I think it's going to happen very rarely. Yeah, it's gonna, it's definitely like a Timmy card. So when it happens, you're going to remember it and it's going to feel really good. But it's going to happen like one every like 25 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Can I touch on this card? I literally just want to say one thing. Yes, go ahead. So there's um, Chemistry's Insight is four mana instant. It's three and a blue. It says draw two cards and it has jump start. And this is awesome <laughs> for spells, decks that care about spells. It turns your lands into draw two later in the game. Uh, that's it. This card's good. Um, and I think we're going to move on to black now? Yes. Uh, oh, God, this card. <laughs> yes. One of, this is, so this is a pretty strong set, and this is one of the stronger cards in it yeah, that we've seen so nice. far. Yeah. Uh, Doom Whisperer. Three black black for a 6-6 Nightmare Demon. It has Flying and Trample, and Pay 2 Life, Surveil 2. Yeah. This is an extremely powerful card. It's so pushed in, like, so beautiful of a way. This is, like, when I saw this card, this was when I went, like, oh, this is, like, they're, they're... just holding Demir gently in their arms and going, I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry we did you like that. Yeah. Look at this. Here we go. Can I, will this make it up to you? So, I mean, I mean, there's so many decks that it's great in. Like, if you have a City C deck and you go turn 4 City C, turn 5 Doom Whisperer, it's, like, most City C lists are going to be 50% creatures. Yeah. So it's basically pay 2 life. Get a zombie. Get a zombie. Put some stuff in your grave. Yeah. So, and when you're in a 40 life format, like... It gets out of hand really quickly. There's other self-mill decks like um, Phoenix yeah, that would t- love this guy. Yeah, there's a bunch. Basically, anything that wants to self-mill, which is a pretty large category. Of black decks. Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty freaking red. Uh, there's also, um, and even just as a demon for Kalia, like, yeah. just to make sure that Kalia draws gas every single turn, yeah. that's great. Like, Kalia... Once she's on the field and you know she's not going to die, like you don't need to draw lands for the rest of the game. Really, you just want to draw things t- you want to draw people with, yeah, or or, or Armageddon effects. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's great in that deck. Um, if they ever get around to printing a uh, tribal demon commander that isn't Kalia, it'd be great. Yeah, in there. probably good there too. Yep, yep. So I think this is a, an extremely exciting card. I'm really yeah. happy they printed it. Yeah, no, I'm also very happy about this. Uh, the next card I want to talk about is Midnight Reaper. Yeah, this is also red. So this is two and a black for a 3-2 zombie knight that has whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you and you draw a card. Uh, so I think the best point of comparison for this would be Grim Haru Specs. Yeah. Uh, there are decks that run Grim Haru Specs um, off the top of my head. Savra, it's very mm-hmm. good in there. Any deck that really focuses a lot on recurring, like Bloodgast, Nether Trader, Reassembling Skeleton. Yeah. Which, it's a fair number of black decks. Tesa yeah. Orzov Scion. Yeah, I was going to say Tesa. A few of the. What's the. Not Exava, the first one. What's her Lizolda. name? Lizolda. Lizolda. Well, okay. There, there's, there's plenty of good options. If you're. Oh, Iname. That's oh, what I was Iname. thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a fair number of decks that are pretty happy about this. I definitely think you run it in addition to Grim Haru Specs. Yeah. Like, like there's pros and cons for each. Um, and I don't think it... I, I think if you're going to run one, you're probably going to run them both. Mm-hmm. The one exception being um, this is uniquely good in Varina, Lich Queen. Yeah, zombie. Because of its zombie creature type. So it's... Uh, Verena is fairly vulnerable to board wipe effects, yeah. and so this is a really good insurance policy where if you're going to wipe my board, well, okay, I'll just draw that many cards. Uh, are you ready to move on to the next card? Yes, I love this next guy so much. It, uh. Is, uh, it is Book Devourer, yes. which is a 4-5 beast 
four, five in a red. It has Trample, and whenever Book Devourer deals combat damage to a player, you may discard all the cards in your hand. If you do, draw that many cards. It's not quite the level of, like, Dragon Mage, but we'll do... Like, this card will do you in a pinch, which is good. I, I like this card more than Dragon Mage, because, I mean, because it's cheaper and because I think that letting your opponents wheel oh, is, a big, is a big downside yeah. on that card. And I think there are two decks in particular that stick out to me as having a lot of synergy with Book Devourer. Mm-hmm. So Felden of the Third Path, if you can just like cast Felden and then Faithless Looting or something to get Book Devourer in your graveyard, then the Book Devourer has haste, uh, since, and then discarding your hand is not that big of a problem in Felden because he plays out of his graveyard so well. So you can really churn through your deck pretty quickly, starting on turn four with this guy. Um, and then the other deck that it seems great in is Garna the Blood Flame. Yeah, yay, Garna. So Garna, if you cast her on, like, you know, end step turn five, then you can immediately jump in with Book Devourer and start turn three hand. And then, of course, if you ever cast Book Devourer first, yeah. then you can, like, discard your hand and then cast Garna and then get back all the creatures you just discarded. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, big fan of that card. I think moving on, yeah. So the next one is Goblin Crater Maker. So this is uh, a Goblin Warrior, a 2-2 for one and a red. It has Sacrifice Goblin Crater Maker. Choose one. Uh, Goblin Crater Maker deals two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non-lane permanent. Oh, I should uh, mention it's one sacrifice. Oh, one sacrifice. Yeah, sorry. Um, so you pay one, you sack your little bro, and you kill an Eldrazi, <laughs> or you blow up an artifact, or you kill a commander. You, there's so many... This guy is so good. Yes. He gives you so many options, especially for mono red. That's like so rad. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited by this guy. The typing is great. Yes. Even the type line is a big bonus. Um, yeah. So I've been playing with a braid recently in Commander and been pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like cheap, efficient commanders or utility creatures that the the burn half is Take useful and, and taken care of. And then of course there's a million good artifacts in commander so it's always live and always going to be good for you and this guy has the benefit of essentially being in a braid that also has goblin synergies that also has uh, creature reanimation synergies that um if you've got a rings of bright hearth in your deck yeah if you end up in a position like the game's gone long and you top deck this guy and you just have like nim death mantle like all of a sudden you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. There's almost like too many decks to name in which this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got your Krenko, you got your Wart Boggard Auntie, you've got Alesha who smiles at death. Yep. You've... Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Just any deck with a lot of goblin synergies or an ability to reanimate creatures. Felden, Felden of the Third Path. It also makes Najila better. To oh yeah, another a utility warrior. Yeah, yes. wow. Who'd have thought? I know. Kilo was a good commander. Yeah, I honestly need to get like six copies of this card. Yeah, <laughs> you just buy it when the set comes out. Just buy like eight copies of them. They're not going to be expensive. Yeah, but it it will be good, and the art is great too. The art is great. That's actually something I'm. I've been little note here. I've actually been really happy with the art. I was talking to Nick about this before we started recording. It looks like they're like branching out. They're letting artists do a bit more like goofier weirder or uh Devi- just deviating from the like very rigid style guide that yeah. ha- we had been seeing yeah they're kind of letting artists do the things that they're good at which is uh i think only good for the game yeah so so yeah. like goblin crater maker for example like is really exaggerated and cartoony yeah um in like its features it looks really comical like it came out of a, a children's storybook or something yeah. um and then what was the other... Oh, yeah, there's the Seb McKinnon art on the uh, Conclave Tribunal. He's always good. Mm-hmm. Like, just very Seb McKinnon, but normally when he's doing spooky things, this is, like, very regal, uh, lots of cool colors. I really like the art on a few, like, commons and uncommons. There's Whispering Spy. Mm-hmm. Um, has, like, some pretty stark art. This vampire, like, informing you about some stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, Hunted Witness. Hunted Witness is the one I was talking about earlier, where, like, you could see this in, like, 
someone's gallery somewhere like it's just like the quality of the art is really high and it's a lot different than most magic sets which is pretty pretty cool you're still seeing some of the stuff people don't like you're seeing the like uh goofy colors and like giant fireballs and whatever mm-hmm. that most magic sets have but i like that we're getting kind of, it's kind of like a bone to the players who've been complaining about art is like look, too no. uniform yeah art being too uniform so and and people with like more style getting pushed out like rebecca guay yeah yeah no. um was, and to be fair some of those like her in particular like she wanted to start doing gallery stuff so mm-hmm. like it wasn't just it, it kind of just coincided with the same time but then they were probably pretty okay with it <laughs> at the time yeah uh yeah so the next guy is runaway steam <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you want to go for it? Sure. Uh, one in a red for a 1-1 one, one elemental. Whenever you cast a red spell, if Runaway Steamkin has fewer than three plus one plus one counters on it, put a plus one plus one counter on Runaway Steamkin. Then you can remove three plus one plus one counters from Runaway Steamkin to add red, red, red to your mana pool. Yeah. Or ra- rather, just add red, red, red. I don't fully understand the limitation on like why you can't just keep charging it forever, but... Yeah, I think it's like play they didn't want it to be super crazy or something i'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. the reason for it, but i do really like this card like we were talking about um nib earlier like not having enough rituals mm-hmm. like this is kind of subsidizes that this like in some form turns a lot of those cantrips and stuff into rituals which is cool mm-hmm. or like those counter spells he seems very good in zeta Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, like, Zeta runs a ton of cheap cantrips. Like, you're you're running stuff like Expedite and a, and a bunch of, like, uh, instants and sorceries that ha- that produce tokens, like uh, Krenko's Command, whatever. So it's really easy to stack up counters on this guy. And, like, when you're really going off with Zeta, when you're doing, like, Expedite, get eight copies, mm. the limiting factor is always mana for you. And yeah. Runaway Steamkin makes it so that you don't really have to worry yeah, about mana anymore. Easier, yeah, definitely, which is super cool. So this is going to slot into certain decks really well, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. This is, like, a cool tool. Um, but I think we're moving on to green now. Yeah, just a couple cards we want to touch on for green. Yeah. Very workmanlike. Yeah. Um, so we've got Beast Whisperer, which is two green green for a 2-3 elf druid that has, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, uh, it's not strictly better than Soul of the Harvest, but, but it, will be it's, most of the time. it's mostly better than yeah. Soul of the Harvest. Um, and it also ha- it has relevant creature types, whereas like Sola Harvest is like a tree folk or an elemental or something, and uh, Primordial Sage is a spirit. Yeah, uh, this is an elf druid. Yeah, <laughs> so relevant in both uh, Setan decks and um, Azuri decks. Yeah, a bunch of different places. And then of course it's just gen- generally going to be good in mono green because it makes it so that you're. When you draw your Lanoir Elves in the late game, it's... It's, it's a, still Steam. You yeah. still keep them going, which is pretty cool. One interesting thing about this card is it's an elf, but he's wearing a hood. So there's actually... There's no indication on the card that he is an elf. Yeah. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder if maybe um, it was a human at some point, and then they just changed it to an elf for... For balance reasons. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I know it, that they're trying to give elves a little bit of something... That's why the knights this time are elves or two two vigilant. They're green white vigilant elf knights. Yeah, they could have wordy. <laughs> yeah, they could have just been knights, but it makes me wonder if maybe um, maybe after the end of this block, we're gonna see some elf tribal or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think they did it so that like they could support the knights in Dominaria, and then next set support it, the elves for whatever reason. Possibly, yeah, maybe. Next card I want to talk about is Detour, which is three energy for a sorcery. Search your library for up to two basic lands or gates and put them onto the battlefield tapped. Yeah, can I? I actually want to say I was I liked gates because I like any cheap mana fixing, like mon- monetarily cheap mana fixing that they yeah. put in the format. And like tap lands are fine. They're like obviously not optimal, but like Joe Schmo can go to a shop, pick up a bunch of tap lands and gates for like 
a few cents and make a commander deck. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They just didn't go very hard with like the things that cared about gates. There's not really a reason to play any of those cards mm-hmm. other than Maze's End. So I'm really happy. We mentioned one earlier, but the Detour also, like, that they're fluffing up the gate matters cards. Yeah. This is really cool. And the fact that you only need one green and you can get, like, black, red, blue, white or something like that. Like, out of nowhere, you can perfectly fix your Mm -hmm. mana for four. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So over the course of playing in Commander, I've actually, like, started to value this effect a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, When I... Uh, when I first started playing in like 2010, 2011, <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, um, the average CMC of mm-hmm. commander decks was a lot higher. So jumping from four to seven, it was, was very a, important. Was a big deal. Yeah, uh, cast your primordials and stuff. But uh, these days, like uh, the average CMC in commander decks has crept down. Like the format has kind of been settled at a at a more competitive place Mm -hmm. um so i think that this effect is less valuable and cheaper accelerants like uh mana dorks and signets are are a bit more relevant than they used to be Mm -hmm. um that being said i think that there are decks in which this is still very good like Mm -hmm. um Omnath, Locus of Rage, yeah. for example. <laughs> and yeah, all of those cards that get two lands are like so good in those. Yeah. Like that, that deck in particular. Or if you just have like a, or... Uh, if your commander is six mana, these effects are really valuable because it, it just guarantees that you're able to cast your commander the next turn. Yeah. Ex- expensive green commanders probably still interested in this. And uh, <laughs> and getting gates is definitely pretty sweet. Help yeah. you fix your mana. So the next card is Impervious Great Worm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's actually way better than that. Uh, so this is, I would say this is probably the strongest card in this set that we have seen so yeah, far by by a fair nuts. margin. Yeah. Uh, it is Assassin's Trophy, which is black-green instant. Destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. Whoa. What decks do you think this is going to go into? Oh, not that many. I mean, like, it's just, they get a land. I mean, <laughs> And it's on. untapped. It's untapped. Imagine, like, they get a land and then they cast a spell with that land next turn. Bad. Terrible. Terrible. No, this is nuts. Yeah. This is, um, in pretty much every format, this is going to make an impact. Like, I guess not Popper, obviously, but, um, like, th- this is such cheap interaction it's such a good rate for black green in particular and yeah this is and this is going to be a black green format staple forever forever for yeah for all time yeah i remember uh you know a couple months ago <laughs> we were talking about wind grace's judgment and how it would have been so much better if it was just like three mana and only targeted one permanent yep and it's like man and and at the time we were like man it's a shame that our only options for like uh like convenient answers in black green are like we get sorcery speed with like yeah. maelstrom poles yeah. <laughs> or we could get this like kind of expensive version with wind grace's judgment i just want like a cheap like anguished unmaking analog yeah. <laughs> and then they came along and gave us something that's better than anguished unmaking yeah by a long shot yeah it, you're gonna run this and it's gonna be good and you probably shouldn't run the other kill spell that you're running right now yeah because you should be running this one Get rid of your Maelstrom Pulse. Yeah. (laughs) Not worth it anymore. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Yeah. Like, just... Wow. They did that. Yeah. I I mean, it's good that Black Green has access to this effect, and it is exciting, uh, but we do have to temper our excitement with knowing that, like, Black Green decks are now one-card... Like, you have one fewer yes. option yeah, yeah, yeah. going forward because one of your deck slots is going to be devoted to this card. Yep. Oh, staples. Staples. Uh, a couple more options in black-green that oh, we yeah. wanted to touch on. Um, so we've got Find and Finality. Uh, find is... This is a split card. So Find is black-green, black-green. So two mana, both of which are hybrid black-green. Sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Finality is four black-green, sorcery. 
you may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, then all creatures get minus four minus four until end of turn. And finality, just to make it clear, is CMC six. Yes. So what, what do you think about this card? Uh, I think it's good. I think you're kind of, like, the front end, find you're actually, you're getting slightly more value out of a card than a split card normally gives you. In the back side, you're getting a little bit less, I would say, but just because it's six mana instead of, like, four, which is the last time we saw this effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's cute that you probably saved something, uh, and, like, more wraths are not necessarily a bad thing for the format especially like specialized ones like this mm-hmm. um so i do like this card i'm not I, I i don't think there's a specific deck that wants this in particular yeah this it just seems good stuffy yeah. um like black green decks are gonna have a lot of creatures in their graveyard like a lot of good targets in their graveyard to get back yeah and uh board wipes are always gonna be fairly useful so yeah it's fine um, mm-hmm. If you put the counters on your Marin, she won't die. Yeah, that's so, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Look at that. Um, the next card is also... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also a Golgari card. Um, it's the Golgari Find a Broker. So this is a cycle. Um, there's a bunch of four CMC creatures in the set that uh, cost two of each of the guild colors and then do a thing. And this one, uh, when it enters the battlefield, uh, target return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand, and it's a 3-4 Elf Shaman. The, the obvious point of comparison is, well, Eternal Witness and yeah. Farika's Mender, yeah. Yeah. I think, are the two cards. Um, so it's obviously much worse than Eternal Witness. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to cast. Um, it does benefit from Elf Synergies, yeah. but not getting spells back kind of disrupts a lot of the more busted things you can do with Eternal Witness. Yeah. Like, Eternal Witness getting, like, Tooth and Nail for Eternal Witness and something else, get back the Tooth and Nail. Yeah, or, it's pretty stupid. Or, like, uh, Eternal Witness get back, um, like, uh, Living Death. Yep. And then you just keep looping those. It's pretty nuts. So, it's definitely not as powerful as that, but it has several advantages over Farika's Mender... Mm-hmm. which never really saw play. So it, it, it's a question of just, like, where along that gradient yeah. is, is yeah. like, the cutoff for playability. Yeah, so this is the kind of thing where, it, again, it's, like, a redundant effect, which is good to have. It's good to have multiple effects that do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the mana cost and... Restrictions. Restrictions. Yeah, it's, I'm wondering, like, if this will... If I'll be building a deck and be like, oh, rad, I can put Golgari Finebroker in. Um, but yeah, the next... Oh, yeah, the next card. The next card is Knight of Autumn, yeah. which is one green-white for a 2-1 Dryad Knight. When it enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on Knight of Autumn, or destroy target artifact or enchantment, or you gain four life. Yeah, that's right. There's three bullet points. So which which of those options do you think is uh, going to be chosen most often? Gaining four. Yeah, Come obviously. On. Uh, no, yeah, this is Rexage 2.0. Uh, Harmonic Sliver. Harmonic Sliver, bring the beef. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so good. Like, this, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that it's so many things, like if you're blinking it, if you're recurring it, or if you just play it as an Ewit. Like or not an uh, sorry Rexage like that everything about this card is good. It's even at the same cost. I mean, granted, one white and one green, but mm-hmm. like which is why they push the power. But wow, <laughs> yeah. I, so we we talk a lot about um, how redundant effects are good in Commander because you want to make it more likely that you'll see the cards you you want to or see the effects that you you put in your deck. Yeah. So I would gladly play a third version of this card. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely would be totally okay playing another three drop that blows up an artifact or enchantment. Yeah, that would that's totally fine. And you know, it's got three CMC, two power. There's a lot that can interact with those numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely in addition to the format. I would probably say it's going to be a new. St- staple for for green white yeah yeah which it seems like we got a lot of staples every time we go back to ravnica i mm, wonder why um 
Yeah, they definitely cranked the power level on that. Yeah. Um, the next card? Yes. Next yeah. card is March of the Multitudes, which is X green, white, white, instant. Create X 1 1 white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. And, and also convoke. Yeah, and, and it convokes. <laughs> this card is so good. Yeah. This, like, it's so good. Because you either get Wrathed and you top deck this and you have a bunch of guys. Mm hmm. And you have a bunch of guys that have lifelink, like, that's pretty good. That's a lot better than just, like, soldiers. Or you have this, and you have some guys, and they help you make it bigger. <laughs> like, there's just so many parts of this that are good. Yeah, I uh, I think this is an interesting... To me, this is, like, a bit like a second harvest, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have tokens that still have summoning sickness... Like you, I could imagine a turn where you've got maybe eight mana, and you go five mana, increasing devotion, and then tap those guys in my three mana and make another five guys. Like, I don't. I think that this, the cost here is really just how many creatures with summoning sickness you have. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, and it, it's got it just has so much play. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the next card I want to talk about is response and resurgence. Yes. So response is two hybrid... Red-white. Yeah, so two CMC, both of which are hybrid red-white. Instant. Response deals five damage to target attacking or blocking creature. And then resurgence is three red-white sorcery. Creatures you control gain first strike uh, and vigilance until end of turn. After this phase, there is... After, after this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. So... Uh, to me, this seems like it fits most easily into Narset. Because oh, yeah. Narset uh, is really interested in getting the highest hit rate possible on her trigger. Yeah. So additional uh, extra combat steps and, um, and extra turn effects are probably yeah. gonna fit in there pretty easily yeah this is actually probably one of the stronger boros cards they printed so far mm -hmm. in this set at least because most like as we've said most boros commanders want to get in the red zone and the fact that this isn't dead if it's just stuck in your hand like this the fact that this can kill something is gives it this versatility that a lot of these cards don't have mm -hmm. a lot of these cards that give you extra combats are like just dead if you don't have the critical mass of creatures or your commander didn't live a turn or whatever and this card at bare minimum is a kill spell mm -hmm. and that's a lot better than a lot of these kind of effects we've had before so that's it's this is good i'm happy about this mm -hmm. uh next card okay. we've got is vraska golgari queen yep so she is two black green for a four loyalty planeswalker Plus two, you may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, gain one life and draw a card. Minus three, destroy target non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. And minus nine, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Uh, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on this card? I was kind of down when I first saw this card. Uh, and then I think I'm a little bit higher on it now. I don't think it's good. I actually, I don't know. I keep just middling between stuff. It's an engine. It's an engine I think people are going to overreact to. I don't think the minus three is super good. Like, definitely killing something is good, but the fact that it has to hit, like, a mana rock or something, or, like, a, I guess you you hit cheap commanders, obviously, so that's good. Usually Vraskas are good just for their minus ability. Their first one normally kills something, and that's pretty decent. I don't know. I'm kind of just in the middle with her, I guess. I, I, I don't think she's the worst. I think she can slot pretty well into certain decks, but I think that she's not very good overall. I would say that I'm down on her. Um, Planeswalkers have been a part of Commander for long enough that yeah. we can tell that the bar to make it in this format is pretty darn high. Yeah. And I just don't think that this does it. Yeah, she I don't think... Yeah. She doesn't protect herself especially well. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that it's like restricted by three CMC on the non-land permanent, like that's the thing that really like, it's like almost there. I feel like this card was almost good enough to do something, but it's not. And then they're really aware. Uh, the last few green 
Planeswalkers we've seen in both the Commander sets and just in Standard in general uh, have all not been able to ult um, when the ult is something really big and splashy mm-hmm. was if, if you had a doubling season out, and this is no exception. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that you can like play Vraska and ult in a turn and then kill someone with doubling season. Like They specifically made it so that's impossible to do. So it's it's kind of, I don't know, I'm in a weird spot with her. I don't, I think I would have preferred another legendary creature to this. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that, like, I was hoping for something bigger and splashier, yeah. and we got, like, a value engine, but, like, in Commander, three people are going to attack her, not just one. Yeah. Although, to be fair, when we did our uh, our EDH rec deep dive, like, we didn't, it's it's convenient that, like, is it and Golgari are the ones who are missing out on legendary creatures, because, <laughs> like... We, they have a bunch of stuff. They have year. a lot of options these days. Yeah, I'm more going to be upset in the next set when we have guilds that needed it and aren't going to get it. I know, like Orzov and Gruul not getting yeah, not getting That's extra slots be, is pretty painful. It's going to be kind of tough yeah. to deal with. But. So that's, uh, that's, real, that's all the cards that have been spoiled to date. We're going to get this out really quickly, and then the full spoiler is coming out on Wednesday, so we'll do... There's probably not too many more relevant cards. We've got the Boros and Demir guild champions. Mm Those will be relevant. A few more mythics that are missing, so we'll see how that shakes out, but hopefully we can uh, get through this set review with one more quick episode. Yeah, and we're really... This is just an end before. We're, like, crossing our fingers and, like, like, praising praising whoever like divine yeah we'll listen garfield please um about the demir champion having a repeatable way to surveil or maybe they'll and and maybe they'll surprise us and make it so that tajik uh is is interesting that's something other than just attacking wow yeah instead of just an indestructible boy yeah yeah but i think that does it for now yeah thank you all for listening Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.